0: I was asked to do this just a few minutes ago, so I really wasn't all that prepared. But hey, how are we doing today, right? Oh, yeah. So the whole thing about this whole chapter is, is, is just knowing that God is present or life is full of intelligence and its intelligence is completely surrounding us at all times. And this intelligence is so... It's just so shattering of life. It's just full of love, okay? So that's the idea. So the idea is that with all this love and all this presence of God and all this understanding of being, which you feel here, and I see it and I, and I listen to it, it's all about how we can embody that. And as we embody it, the more we embody it, the greater the feeling that we have. So it seems like you guys already know this, so I really don't have to talk much about it. But the thing is, what's the beautiful thing is, that the more we embody, the greater we feel this love. And this love is so perfect, so whole, it's so full of the idea of being, that it just gives us everything we actually need. So in the beginning, there was God, and God created this beautiful universe. Now, in this beautiful universe was all the intelligence that was needed to be in this universe. And the wonderful thing about this is what Marilyn said. It's like, it's like, excuse me for half a second. I'm going to use Michelle's genius. It says, it is the nature of the universe to give us what we are able to receive. This is exactly what she was reading a little while ago. The mechanical laws of nature are set, and immutable, but the spontaneous of these laws gives us the power to bring them into practical use every day. So the more we embody, the greater we can use this law, this prayer, which we call treatment, And the more we know about treatment, the more we are embodied in the idea of what God is or what Jesus said. And Jesus was a great thinker. Jesus was right on. He was spot on. He knew exactly what was going on. He he should have come around now. Okay? Because... Because what he was saying, we're using in treatment, we're using in the idea, the perfect idea of God, and the perfect idea of Jesus was being one with God and knowing in that oneness that I can create everything and everything that I possibly need. But there were so many people that were like, no, that's not right. Paul, he was way too brilliant, he was way too smart, said that's not the way it is. The Nazarene said there's heaven in the future and hell in the future in the future, and that's not true. It's all right here right now. So, I'm going to tell you a quick story. I was a beginner. I was reading this chapter and I was thinking, okay, and someone said, everything has already been here. So energy, the light bulb, that whole kind of thing, was already here. And it took a long time for people to understand that it was, we could use this energy, and then finally you know, what was it, Thomas Edison put that to use with the light bulb, flip a switch, there's light. But that energy was always here. He didn't develop that energy. He just developed the idea to make it happen. So I was working, I was 25 feet high on a ladder. It was snowy, it was winter. I was in the in the, in the decoration business of putting lights on a building in a big giant wreath. And I climbed up this ladder. And I slid right down with the wreath like this, boom, into these bushes. Somebody must have seen it because a cop came by, this lady cop, and she said, she, she looks in the bushes and she says, are you okay? And I was like, you know, full of snow. And, this, and I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just trying to get this up there and I can't figure it out. She goes, well, maybe you shouldn't try. Maybe you should get like a specialist or something like this. And, I said, I am a specialist. <laughs> right? So, she left. I said, I'm okay. I'm really okay. Now, I had to put lights on this thing, too, so I had zip cord going up and down the, the thing. And I said, you know what? If the universe is already present with everything, and everything is already out there, that means all the... N- Engineers that have come up with all of the ideas, that's there. And all the ideas of the electricity, that's there. So I'm going to sit down here. Whew. And I just had to get my thoughts together. And I did a treatment. And I said, I know that if all that universal energy is there and all of that perfect intelligence is there, I'm sitting in the snow that I know that I can get that up there. And I did a treatment, and I did a treatment knowing that I know the exact right kind of engineering experience. I know exactly the right method of lighting. And I know that I am one with God so much that all this energy and all of this universal energy and intelligence, intelligence, intelligence is in me right now. So what I did, I said, thank you, God. And I grabbed this wreath that was, and I just hiked up there holding that wreath just like there was no tomorrow, and I got to the top, like that, and it stuck. And I walked down. And I was so happy. I was happy because I had learned to use the law and to let it be part of my existence. I was probably right about that time that I said, oh, maybe I should be a minister or something. (laughs) So, the funny thing about this whole chapter of, what it does, it's really the first time they were actually introduced to treatment. So it says, the secret already known, right? It's already been out there. This is a treatment, is a statement in the law, embodying the concrete idea of our desires and accompanied by an unequivocal faith that the law works for us and we, Work with it. Let us waste no further time looking for the secret of success or the key to happiness. Already the door is open and whoever, whoever will may enter. Undoubtedly, each of us is now demonstrating his concept of life, but trained thought is far more powerful than untrained. And the one who gives conscious power to his thought should be more careful what he thinks than the one who does not. The more power one gives his thought, the more completely he believes that his thought has power, the more power will it have. And that's what science of mind is teaching us. And that's what this book, The Power of Decision is about and how you can embody all of that easily. Come to my class Tuesday. Thank you.
1: You know, um, I think it was, actually, I know who it was. It was, um, oh, man, what was his name? A book, uh, Living Consciously, a book I recommend to the practitioners. What's the name of that gentleman who wrote that book? Deepashi's Chatterjee. That's his name. Deepashi's Chatterjee. Great great leadership book, if any of you are looking to increase your leadership skills. And I don't know if he coined the phrase, but I borrow it from him because that's where I first heard about it, and he coined the phrase, "workship," And for him, it was about having a sense of sacredness in the workplace, but for me, I feel like that applies here, because even though I... I I feel sometimes we are in worship, that would scare the dickens out of some people who are coming to a new thought center, because worship implies worshiping something outside and distant. But if you've been here even for five minutes, you can get that that's not what we mean, okay? We never mean to an outside or separate God, or a separate spirit, or a separate intelligence in any way. But I like the idea of workship, even as it applies here, because there is a certain amount of work that we are doing. And I know that some of us want to, you know, things easy, but you can't get to where you want to get to without participating. And if I just told you something you weren't expecting, I'm sorry, and you might want to leave. <laughs> but anybody on this road for any amount of time, anybody who's been on this journey, anybody who's wanted freedom, anybody who's wanted not to be at the mercy of conditions or ailments or or lack or fear or doubt, any of us knows that coming from where you were to where you wanna be, that in between, is a lot of shifting, a lot of movement, a lot of altering one's way of being, one's thinking, one's behavior, taking on spiritual practices, it's work. It's work. It's what it is. It's beautiful work. And every time you take on something new and you begin to feel the shift of what comes as the result of that work, I don't know about you, but it makes me then want more. I always want more. Because what I get, and, and, and I always equate this, and sorry men, but it's Maybe someday somebody will give me an equivalent, but for me it's that it's that the um, metaphor of pregnancy. You know, I mean, pregnancy is so lovely when you start. oh, you're glowing, you're beautiful. You're like, oh, right, everybody. Oh, look at me. I, no one else has ever given birth, right? And that's good through the first trimester and the second trimester. You're still feeling pretty good, and that third trimester. You're like, enough of this. And just when you've had enough, it gets more. And then when you really think you're done, then there's labor. And at the point when you think you're ready to pop the baby out, they say, oh, no, 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 you're only six centimeters dilated. And you're like, what? (sighs) And then finally, you have this baby, and you're like, you're back to the, oh, look at me, right? And you've given birth. And then you forget, and if you really forget, you're people like me, you do two or three, four times. <sighs> Crazy that but we do that. What makes it worth that labor is knowing what you're gonna get at the end. And that is what each one of us has to keep in mind. At the end of the work, at the, at the end of the time invested through prayer, meditation, contemplation, reading, classes, gathering with like-minded people, is this fuller you, the, more, the, the you that's freer, the you that doesn't react when someone says something stupid to you. You haven't gotten there yet? It'll come. It doesn't happen overnight. But there comes a time, even right now, and I know I've spoken about it on a couple Sundays already, I'm, I'm in that wonderful phrase of mature womanhood. <sighs> <laughs> and I'm, walk, I'm in the children's room before, I'm like, wow, it's hot here, we should open the window. Mary says, don't. And I realize she's all wrapped in you know scarves and coats, and I'm the one who, who's hot. But you see, this is not unlike anything else. When we cease objecting to something, and we become fascinated by our life, the fascination can have us be more mindful and enjoy what is. Do you understand what I'm saying? So sometimes you might have things that, are, that, that feel like, an, let's just call them an issue at the moment. It might be a, it might be a health thing. It might be a relationship thing. Instead of judging it as wrong and something we're trying to get rid of, if we begin to get, be fascinated by it, what happens is we will have a different experience of it and we'll look at it like, well, look at that. Look at what's going on there. And our fascination of it will transform our experience of it. You understand? In order to have this experience though, you have to become mindful. Now sometimes in the service here, when I first started becoming a speaker, I had to get used to it. Every once in a while I would look out at the, at the audience, at the congregation, and I'd see people sitting with their eyes closed. And well, this is actually even before I was a speaker, just when I started attending uh, Morristown, which was I guess about 19 years ago. I didn't understand why people had their eyes closed. And now I realize that some people, some of us, take in information better when we're not distracted by the activity that's before them. OK, so now I got that. So I, I happen to like the visual. I like to watch the, the way someone moves in their face. So I, I just ingest information differently. However, there is a value to becoming mindful that has you get in touch with how the world around you affects your body. The easiest way to get mindful is really to take on a practice of occasionally closing your eyes. So for a moment, I'm going to ask you all just to close your eyes. Just, just play with me for a, a couple of minutes and then I'm going to actually have you do something. Now, pay attention to your body. And just, you know, you, you've heard my voice, some of you, many, many, many times. Hopefully I'm someone, I'm, I'm the voice of someone that you trust. So that it's easy just to be willing to sit and listen. And as I'm speaking, just feel the body. And I, and I do mean your body. Feel how the words that I speak, and now I'm going to read something to you feel how the words that I'm about to read to you just move into you. This is just out of the textbook. In an intelligent study of the teachings of the science of mind, we come to understand that all is love, and yet all is law. Love rules through law. Love is the divine givingness. Love is the way. Love is spontaneous. Law is impersonal. We should study the nature of reality with this in mind. And in this way, we shall avoid two grave mistakes, either viewing life as made up only of mechanical laws, or viewing it as made up only of spontaneous actions irrespective of law and order. As we gain the broader viewpoint, we shall see that life must contain two fundamental characteristics. We shall see that there is an infinite spirit operating through an infinite and immutable law. In this, cosmos and not chaos finds an eternal Existence in reality, love points the way, and love makes the way possible. Now keep your eyes closed a little longer. So pay attention to how you feel and how that works for you. Now I'm going to bring you into a totally contrary experience. I'm doing this very purposefully. Okay and I promise I will not leave you in this experience. I will have you have another experience that will contradict it. So I don't know what the hell is going on with the goddamn parking around here. You, you wanna to come to church on Sunday morning, you can't even get a, nope, keep your eyes closed, can't even get a space. You pull into the parking lot, the front parking lot's full, the back parking lot's full, the extra parking lot's are full, they want to give us damn tickets. What the hell is going on around here? What is with those people? How'd that feel? Now open your eyes. Did you feel it in your body? Did you feel the impact of bitching, moaning, complaining? Now the problem is, very often when we're in that activity, our eyes are not closed and we just do it. So we're not paying attention to how it is affecting our physical body and then we wonder why we get sick and diseased. Now, in order to get you out, now this is where you're gonna do the work. You're gonna turn to someone. Actually, everybody find a partner. Real quick, everybody find a partner. Even if you have to get up and move. Everybody find somebody right there. You need only two, two people. It has to be just two. Is there anybody left out? Where? The, is there another person over here left out? We only have one person left out? Wait, wait, who who else is left out? Let me see your hand. Okay, can you guys get together? These two adults, just stand. Yep, there you go, find each other. <laughs> There you go. Much easier than what we do in class. So I'm gonna bring you, I'll give you the instructions, you'll understand. You'll be able to take this in while you're walking, I mean. I do this in class, and I do this in my four agreements workshop all the time. And I learned this from my teacher. This is called warm fuzzies. Okay? And the reason why it's called you wanna be together? Okay. And the reason why it's called warm fuzzies is because that's the way it will feel at the end of this experience. So, what's going to happen is that you're going to turn and face each other, very important, and, and you're going to begin, we're going to begin a practice of like a, a word association. So, Donald will say something to Rita like. Um, vanilla ice cream with fudge on top it doesn't matter what it is it's whatever makes you feel good whatever you like whatever is fun anything and then rita might say something unrelated or related she might say puppy dogs and he might say sunsets but single words so what you're going to do when i say go every, everybody choose who's going to go first it doesn't matter And then what's gonna happen for the next minute and 15 seconds or so, you're gonna do this warm, fuzzy exercise and you're gonna change the vibration in your body. Everybody understand? Go. Okay, say the last couple of things. Okay, come together. Now everybody close your eyes real quick. Close Close your eyes. Close your eyes, close your eyes. Get present and become mindful again. Now, feel how your body feels now. Yes, shout out how you feel. Shout it out. Joyful. Okay, did you like that? Okay, good. What I'm about to say to you is not new, but I know you don't remember it. I just know because it's human nature and for those of us who are not in this practice every day, for those of you who you know are still um, surrounded more by individuals who are not in this conversation or you're surrounded more you know at a level of work where you're really around people who are not in this conversation i and I get it, i i I don't even mean that as a criticism, I don't. However, it's, see, for those of us who aren't lucky enough to be surrounded by it, it's your job to create it. That's one thing you might not realize. You're the one who's got to carry because we live in a vibrational universe. And spirit says? Yes. It says only? Yes. It says it all? The time. All the time. So when we hover in that vibration, or the negative vibration, I meant to say, spirit is saying, yes, why? It so loves us, it doesn't care. You are so loved. You are so accepted as you are. It doesn't want you to be different than you are. It doesn't judge. It doesn't have criteria for who gets to create or experience the miraculous. And remember, we, and I love Ty's song, but I want to be clear. We don't work in miracles. We work in the miraculous. Ty's very clear about his song, but we work in the miraculous. A miracle is something you can't anticipate. However, in this teaching, by us constantly being in that higher vibration, we can anticipate the miracle. We can anticipate the healing. We can anticipate moving out of fear and doubt. We can anticipate moving out of lack. When in doubt, if it's not showing up as you want it, you have to go back and just get mindful again. Become more mindful. And you will find that by the practice of mindfulness, <clears throat> excuse me, by the practice of mindfulness, you will see where the blocks are. And so how do you get the block through the blocks? How do you get through the blocks if you're not necessarily a practitioner, a minister, or a full-time student in metaphysics? I'm going to tell you how. You begin to use your language, your speaking, your self-talk in the most positive, uplifting way possible, and you literally talk yourself out of it. How do you talk yourself out of it? By speaking truth. Now, truth will sound to each one of us somewhat different, but truth should, at the end of hearing it, it should be that lift. If you are not lifted by your self-talk, you're not self-talking yourself with something that works. At the end of hearing yourself, remember we spoke last week about that voice. The voice of spirit is always your voice. So you must learn to use that single voice of God, of yours, in a way that lifts you. So I'm gonna have you experience this again. Bring to mind something that's going on right now you would like to just change. It could be a relationship, in, in, um, uh, in, uh, income, a health issue, maybe you want to work in a new place, anything. Just bring to mind something, anything, anything. Small, big, doesn't matter. Everybody got something? I would assume, right? Even if your life is good, there's always better, there's always more, right? So what I want you to do is close your eyes again get present to that thing and feel it. So right now it might feel like a tad of limitation in your body. Just feel that place of limitation in the moment. Now we're going to do something that's going to seem a little funny. You're not going to care about who hears you. You're not going to care about your neighbor because this is all about you in this particular moment. And what you're going to begin to do is you're going to begin to talk to yourself in a loving, life-affirming, truthful way. I'll give you an example before you go. So let's say um, I'm challenged with my landscaper, and he always does a crummy job. Let's just say it's something silly like that, but I'm constantly stressed by this. So this is what I'm going to do. I would close my eyes and I'd be saying, I know that something else is possible. I know that there is a way of communicating with this person that even if I don't know it, spirit as me knows it. I know something can happen here. And I know when this something happens here, that this person, whoever's name is, this landscaper and I, will both wind up happy. We will both feel heard. I am confident about this. I feel good about this. And I bring this good feeling to this conversation, to this relationship. I call it holy. I call it good. So, you're just going to talk yourself into a new experience and raise the vibration. Everybody understand? So, now how are you going to know if you're there? Because your body will feel lighter or different. So, right now, here in this room, with your eyes closed, that'll help you feel better about doing it next to people. Begin to talk yourself out of that experience right now out loud. For you, it might sound like a prayer, but it should be loving. Loving, affirming, calling on the right words, the right possibility, believing in yourself, accepting your good, allowing your good, making room for your good in whatever way possible. This is the movement. This is believing in possibility. This is your truth in your hands, in your heart. This is the beauty of you. When you're ready, just open your eyes. When you feel complete. How'd you do? Did you move it? Did you move the energy around with it? Now, if you ever get stuck and you want to do it again, the only thing you have to add to that, I mean, if you really, really, really can't move it, that's when, you, that's when you start reaching for a practitioner. But on these smaller, easier things, you can move it that way. And and if something gets stuck, go into your breath. Add that practice to mindfulness, to a a practice of mindfulness breathing, which just means getting present to the breath. And then you begin your your self-talk. Got it? Can you do that? Okay. Beautiful. So... Let's do some let's do some affirming again together out loud with a lot of enthusiasm so that you can raise the vibration in your body and in the room for in case there's someone a resistor next to you. <laughs> in case there are in case we, you know there's just someone next to you that hasn't quite gotten it yet. Take no prisoners. We want total enthusiasm, okay? I am perfect health. I- I am the vibration of love. I am the vibration of love. All of my life reflects beauty and joy. All of my life reflects beauty and joy. I believe in ease, grace, and possibility. I believe in ease, grace, and possibility. Only good finds me right where I am. Only good finds me right where I am. Spirit avails itself to me in full measure. Spirit avails itself to me in full measure. I deserve my divine birthright. I deserve my divine birthright. And this is true now. And this is true now. No thing, no idea can interrupt this truth. No thing, no idea can interrupt this truth. I accept it. I accept it. I allow it. I allow it. And so it is. And so it is. Bing. Yeah. <laughs> You raise the vibration for yourself and anyone sitting next to you and for the room. Good job. Good job. Good job. All right. I'm going to consider that our treatment for today. So... um by the way, re- reminder for members, please, please, please come next week. Next week is our annual membership, okay? Um, as long as we have a signed application for you, you're welcome to come next week. And um, if, you, if you have children and you, are in attend- you want to be in attendance, please let us know and Mary Kay, actually let Mary Kay know. And she will try to get a couple of our teenagers or somebody to provide childcare. Uh, One of the other things I want to mention, if you are parents and you've been bringing your children and they've been engaged in the children's ministry, I am asking all parents of our community to raise their sensitivity to what goes on in there. And what I mean by that is that there are costs involved that are not within our budget. So we had originally decided, and yet it hasn't been communicated properly, that we are asking for people to donate on a monthly basis, something specifically to the children's ministry. Even a few dollars monthly will help her because she's buying the supplies on her own because right now we don't have that in our budget. And the snacks, so you can buy snacks if you want to donate them. But if you have a child that goes into that ministry, we need your support. They need your support and even your volunteering support. I mean, there are some days, as less this week. I think last week there was like 13 children and we have we could, should have had two groups, but we didn't have another teacher. So I'm asking you to sensitize yourself to the needs, to speak to either Elizabeth if it has to do with the teens, or to you know uh, to Mary when it has to do with the younger ones, and appreciate that, it's not magic. You don't just get to leave your kids off and walk away. There's, there's a lot that has to happen in order to make that work. So just raise your awareness, if you will, and your sensitivity, and ask how you can be involved. Because we want our children to remain safe and inspired. And one of the best ways to do that is to, to get involved. And so this is, the, uh, this is your opportunity to support our center, to support your center. So, if you will, take your offerings, take them out, put them in your hands, put your energy around them, put them against your heart. And I know many of you send in checks or you have a donation um, that gets taken out monthly, which is great. So, if you know, I know sometimes you don't have something to put in the basket. So, when the basket comes along, just bless it, just absolutely bless it. But fill it with your consciousness, with all your love knowing that that is what will return to you, multiplied abundantly. So right now, we bless the giver. We bless the gift. And we bless the act of giving, knowing that it is one activity in the mind of God, and it is a good and glorious activity. We accept your generosity. The board honors your generosity. We care for it tenderly. And we care for this center out of your offerings. So thank you. And know that your generosity returns to you multiplied abundantly. For this good and this very good, I give my thanks. And so it is. So it is.